0: Greetings. This is Justin Allen with the Elite Nurse Practitioner. Welcome to the Elite Nurse Practitioner Show, a podcast dedicated to nurse practitioner entrepreneurism and achieving financial freedom, where I talk directly with nurse practitioners who need help. Listen up our market is saturated, jobs can be scarce. We are underpaid, we are undervalued. We are taken advantage of by the sharks within the healthcare system. And frankly, screw that. I'm sick of it. And it's time for a change. And listen, I'm here to help make that happen. We are powerful. We can forge a path where we are in control of our career and ultimately our financial and personal well-being. You do not need to submit to healthcare administrators and your doctor overlords. You do not have to take the measly salary. You do not have to work 50 to 60 hours a week. There is a different way, and I'm here to show you that path. This podcast is Raw and Unfiltered. I have not talked to the nurse practitioners in this podcast prior to the call outside of an email exchange to schedule the episode. What you're about to listen to is a consultation session between a nurse practitioner and myself. It is real, it is unscripted, it is unplanned, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Anything and everything can happen during our conversation. The nurse practitioners in these episodes are struggling with an issue in their professional or financial life, and they have reached out to me for help. My goal is to help the nurse practitioner with actionable advice that will enhance and improve their professional, business, and financial life. My other goal is to hopefully help my nurse practitioner sisters and brothers build a more productive, powerful, and free life. So, I hope the content and information within these podcast episodes does just that. All right, on to the episode. Hello, everyone. Today, we'll be talking to Autumn, who is a dual-certified family and psych nurse practitioner. Currently, she is working full-time in her own practice. She owns an integrative psych-based practice where she provides counseling, nutritional assessment, neurofeedback, and psychiatric-based medication management. She has been running her practice for a year and states that it is not doing very well. She's needing assistance on what the next step should be in her practice. Hey, Autumn, how are you?
1: I'm good. How are you, Justin?
0: Hey, I'm good. Thanks for hopping on here. So, uh, so let's go ahead and get started. So, uh, tell us about yourself. So, you're a dual certified family and site nurse practitioner and, uh, yeah, what kind of things you've been doing?
1: Um, so, I've been a nurse since 01 and I have gotten did my family in, NP in 09 I did about 10 years of uh, physical medicine and rehab, which had some pain management. And then kind of when the opioid epidemic hit, I was affected, you know, just lost some friends, lost some family members. And I got interested in addiction treatment and kind of picked up part-time there, really liked it. Um, Ended up doing full-time addiction treatment, but couldn't get any of my patients into psych uh, for months on end. So um, that's when I was like, well, I'm going to go back to psych school. There's such a need here Um, was like my job, everything was going good. And then the pandemic hit and, um, they, during that process, they closed my clinic down. Um, so then I was kind of stuck in psych and P school without really a clear plan. Um, as I went through clinicals and saw there was just so many meds after med after med, I was like, gosh, I really, I really don't feel like I want to do this, but I didn't want to not finish it. So, um, that's kind of when I thought, well, maybe I can do more of a integrative approach to psychiatry and, you know, have my own business and kind of run things the way that, you know, that I would like to have them run.
0: Okay, um, and it's not going very well. This practice. No,
1: so. um, so the past couple months, I've made a little bit of money, maybe like a few hundred dollars. But before that, I was barely breaking even. Um, I was working up until January um, at a job that I got that was like supposed to be psych for you know twelve to eighteen hours a week. But um, it was when I got in there, it was really like twenty five hours a week, and then it was. I was supposed to leave at 12, but then they needed me back at three for a meeting or to get on here or to Zoom. And I just, I wasn't able to give my practice any intention. And I, I definitely wasn't making any money then. Um, so I ended up leaving there to go full-time in January, kind of feeling like, you know, if I'm going to do this, I've got to kind of do it.
0: Okay. So over the last five months, then you've been really diving in full-time into your practice. Yes. Okay. And this is when you've been able to generate a little bit of money. It sounds like not much. Uh, The bills are being paid though.
1: Yeah. The the bills have been been being paid for the past few months, but like I'm not paying me anything.
0: Right. Right. Okay. Do you accept insurance or just cash?
1: No, um, it's just cash, and um, I wish I'd listened to more of the podcast sooner because I've heard you say several times now, like psych is a hard sell for niche practice for cash. But um, I hadn't found you yet when I first got started.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, it really is. You know, Uh, I mean, you know this patient population, right? (laughs) Yeah, I'll explain it. But I mean, it can be done. You know, Uh, do you live in a highly populated area? What's like? What's your region look like?
1: yeah the the county's got um the county I'm in has got about hundred and twenty thousand um in it the little office i'm in i uh, i rent inside like a holistic family medicine center um and it's in a small town but I do get a lot of um patients from there that are kind of like minded that want to treat without um you know getting on a bunch of psychotropic meds so it's been a good referral source um but uh, yeah like I said the county is about about one hundred and twenty thousand, so it's pretty big
0: pretty big yeah yeah okay there's people with money
1: yeah not a ton but but i i would think enough i mean that the little practice i mean she stays really really busy where i rent from um she has like iv infusion and things and people are constantly in there she has two nps working for her and that's uh like a family practice kind of thing that she does there
0: I got you. So you're, so, so you're subleasing a space somewhere to do
1: this? Yes. I have two offices in that um, building, one for where I see patients and one where I do the neurofeedback.
0: Okay. And where are you getting patients from now?
1: I do have a Google ad running, so I get some patients from there. And then I've had some patients that are like family members or friends of other patients, just like referrals. Um, and then I get a lot from um, the where I am at the holistic center. I get a lot of patients from there that you know see my stuff out front. But I mean, I don't have any signage. I do have like a uh, flag thing that says mental health and wellness. But the way it was set up, she kind of told me going in that I wouldn't, you know, have signage. Um, so I don't know how bad that's hurting me.
0: Yeah. I mean, it could be, uh, this neurofeedback thing. Is this kind of where your focus is?
1: Not strictly my focus, but it's a great adjunct therapy. And, um, like it, it's like, all I have to do is hook the patient up and then kind of take them off. It's not linear neurofeedback. So there's not a lot of clinician, um, focus for it. So it's a nice, a nice money maker, um, where I don't really have to be, you know, too involved in it.
0: Okay. Um, okay. So when. The patients that you have, what are they calling for?
1: Um, They, some of them for counseling, but most of them just their anxiety or depression or ADHD and and they don't want to be on medicine. They don't want somebody that's just going to give them, you know, push a med on them and and put them out the door. But um, if you mean diagnosis wise, it's primarily like anxiety and depression um, and attention deficit.
0: Yeah. Okay. And so these people call you and they want more of a holistic, natural approach to the psych. Mm -hmm. Versus, right. Yeah, versus all these meds.
1: Yeah, and there's there's a pretty for all the insurance practices too. Like they're all out. Like uh, there's a lot of competition, but like you can't get in anywhere around here for three to four months at least. And some people just say, you know, we can't even give you a projection. We'll we'll put you on a list. You know, so yeah, um, I know there's the need, but I guess maybe not enough need that people are willing to pay out of pocket.
0: Yeah, for. unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, they're not right. Um. I mean, that's evidenced by you not really, it's not really taking off. Um, right. But uh, on the other side of the coin here, you have really focused in on your practice now, you know, uh, for the last five months. You've been able to break even in the last couple months and you are making a few hundred dollars. So you are on an upward trajectory. It's just a slow trajectory.
1: Yeah, that's fair to say.
0: Right. Okay. So, Don't get too down on yourself. Things are improving. Okay. So that's good. Okay. It's just just slow. And the reason why it's because it's cash-based. I, you know, I, I think it's probably the reason, you know, uh, cash-based opioid addiction, cash-based suboxone, you know, it used to be a big thing 10, 15 years ago, but now insurance pays for it willingly. And, you know, a cash-based opioid addiction practice, cash-based suboxone practice is a hell of a lot slower than what it used to be. Right, uh, yeah. yeah cash based psych, cash based primary care is typically a lot slower than if you accept an insurance. It's just, it, it just is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, and
1: I feel like maybe the economy is like a struggle for people too. Because I had some regular patients um, that were doing well and stuff, and they've had to be like, well, wow, I'm gonna have to come back to." you know, every other week or whatever we're doing counseling, say, uh, but have cut back some just because like, I guess, you know, everything's so expensive right now and they have kids and, you know, I get it.
0: Yeah. Inflation, right? Stuff's expensive. It blows my mind how much some things are now. So, okay. Well, I think you kind of know the answer here. I think that if you really want this practice to get successful, uh, I think that you're going to probably need to accept insurance. So I guess
1: that's it. my question is that, like, I, I hate to be so like jaded against insurance, but they were so exhausting at the end of like me actually, you know, working for somebody. Like I felt like I spent more time trying to get things approved and peer to peers with people that weren't even my peers. They might have been doctors, but like I would be trying to do something for physical medicine rehab and they would put me on with like an ER doctor, you know, um, and I was just so frustrated with the whole thing. So I'm just wondering if I have to do that. I mean, should I do that or should I just move on to one of these like easier niche practices and just start over?
0: Yeah, that's up to you, right? I mean, I agree with you. Insurance sucks. (laughs) It it does, right? Mm -hmm. That's going to be up to you. Like, how bad do you want to do psych? How bad do you want to keep doing what you're doing? If your heart's truly in this and you really want to help lots of people and actually focus on this, then you need to accept insurance. If it's really not your passion, you really don't care either way, then you might just need to scrap it.
1: Yeah, I guess that's what I need to figure out. I, I think I have a lot of thoughts tied up in like... um, looking back which I shouldn't like what a waste of like time and money you know that I got this psych degree it just didn't pan out like it was supposed to you know right um, well
0: you can't you can't you can't let, let a past thing like that dictate you know how you operate your life you know what direction you're going you you, you just you just can't right? right and yeah you can't allow you know a failing business to you can't just be grasping for straws. You know, I know it's going to work. I know it's going to work. I'm just going to keep doing this, you know, because you put money into it. You've put time into it. You put your heart and soul into it. You've done all of this, right? And mm-hmm. it's sad. It's sad to see it fail because you put so much time and effort into it. Like, I understand. I get that. Uh, I failed multiple times on things, you know, but you just... Sometimes it's just easier to cut your losses, scrap it, and move on. If you just really don't see an exit uh, or a way to fix the problem, and I think that you know the area that you're in, you know you have you you, you you only have a couple things that you can do here. You can either accept insurance, okay? Let's like let's think about this from an actionable standpoint. You can either okay. accept insurance and deal with that, okay? If you truly want to do this. That's gonna be your that's probably gonna be the easiest fix that you can do. How many people call your office and don't book an appointment because you don't accept insurance?
1: No, quite a few. I get okay. quite a few phone calls. in the minute I say I don't accept insurance, they're like, Man, oh, okay. That's, never mind. That's
0: it. Yeah. Then, there you go. Okay. The other option you have is you spend a lot of money marketing this, getting the word out, because maybe people just don't know you exist. But at the same time, It's the patient population. It's the service you have, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's foolish to keep spending money on something when the world is telling you that's not what they want. You know,
1: it's, it's like a reasonable time frame. Um, I know I can market better. I have uh, talked to a friend of mine that does marketing yesterday, and he's like, You're not doing the best you could marketing as far as like Facebook and like you know, putting things out there. If, if I like go in hardcore at that on the marketing, what would be a reasonable time that I could just say? okay, I gave it everything and it's just not coming around. Because you're right, I am on a bit of a slow upward trajectory. I guess, you know, it just gets frustrating to go to work every day and never pay yourself anything. Um, but like, I how know. many months more would you give it if, I, if I'm not going to take insurance? And like, how long before I have to, do you think is reasonable before I say, you know what, it's just not working?
0: Three months.
1: Three more months. I get it. Th- I, I I
0: give it three more months. I typically tell people that if you start a business, you start a practice and you've given it your all, uh, after six to 12 months, it's probably time to cut your losses, scrap it and move on to the next project. Okay. The last thing you want to do is catch a falling knife kind of a thing, right? You just t- like, what's the point in spending more money on this? Just keep, putting more and more time and effort, and money into it. And it's just not taking off, right? That's foolish. So I'd say three months. I'd say give it three more months, cut your losses. So marketing it, you know, more. Um, maybe just people don't know you exist. Maybe people just don't know what neurofeedback is. Maybe people just don't know what it is that you do, right? Okay. So I think that you need to make it as clear as possible on your website, this is what we do. And this is what we provide. This, these are the benefits of what it is that we do. Maybe you can start there too. Cause
1: yeah, so I, well, I heard one podcast recently where you had recommended people with psych practice, like maybe focus in even more than that. Like maybe I start like tailoring the website more towards what I'm seeing, which is like anxiety and ADD. Have you heard back from those ladies at all?
0: uh i'm trying to think i don't think i have but but from the some of the psych MPs that i've talked with yeah like when you focus in on something and you know you become more of the expert at that right so what if Mm -hmm. you did anxiety adhd you tied in the neurofeedback or something like that's what you kind of just become an expert at but are there enough patients in your area to justify being that niched i don't know your county's 100 120 thousand people right
1: yeah, uh, is that pretty big? It
0: seems big to me. Is that big? no? That's that's a good size. That's pretty much all, really, all you need for one of these niche practices. But for what it is that you're doing, I don't know if that's big enough because it's right. such a niche, specialized thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it just seems like it could be difficult. You know, if there was a million people, then I bet there's there would be plenty of people for this. You know, plenty of business for something so niched. You no, know, I only do ADHD and anxiety, and I focus on neurofeedback, for example, or this integrative approach to get you off your medications and stuff. The thing is, though, is that the reason why you need a higher population for something like this to possibly work is because what's the turnover rate? You know, once the patient's taken care of them, they're fixed, We're like, what's the reason why they keep seeing you?
1: Yeah, that's a problem I've had, too, because you would be amazed, like, if you correct their vitamin D and their vitamin B and actually get them, like, off the couch and off their phone, like, a lot of times people turn around pretty quick. I mean, some of these nutrition deficiencies are, you know, it's kind of all they need to, to turn the corner, you know, and then they're good. So, right. I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, that's what I want, but it does then I don't have the patient anymore.
0: Right, right. Exactly. You fix them, right? And they move on, yeah. which is great. You care. Yeah. them. <laughs> That's great, but it's not good for business. <laughs> yeah, know, I took like, the
1: men's health class, and I was like, "Well, this is genius because they're pretty much a patient for ever unless they go somewhere else. Because once exactly. they need their testosterone, they're they're there. You know,
0: they're they're there. They love it. You know, there's no reason for them to get off of it. You know, um, so yeah, that's the thing. You know, they're the, the recurrent aspect of this. Like, I'm thinking here." you're certified as a family NP, you're certified as a psych, you can pretty much do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. It's like, what's holding you back from just starting more of like a functional medicine, integrative medicine kind of practice where you're seeing physical medicine stuff, you're doing the psych, you're doing the thing that you're doing now, but now you're just kind of expanding it a little bit more instead of being so niched. You know, I feel like I contradict myself sometimes. Like, I think a very focused niche practice is a great way to go. And that's what most people should do in your situation. Maybe something a little bit more broader would be better because you are dual certified. And maybe if you started adding some other stuff into the practice, some weight loss, some HRT, you know, you said you're focused on these vitamin injections, these nutrient deficiencies, things Mm -hmm. like that. Like people are looking for functional medicine and integrative medicine practices. They are but if you're too focused you're going to be skipping out on those patients that are looking at for it for can you help me with my diabetes can you help me with my thyroid deficiency can you help me with you know my IBS you know what i mean
1: yeah and i mean even the owner of the clinic where i am she I, we've talked about this about like kind of this failure to launch i'm having and i she doesn't have any problem with me. I mean, that's what she does, but she doesn't have any problem at all. She's, you know, booked eight weeks out and has two MPs under. She's like, I don't care if you do primary care. She's like, I don't care what you do. I think she's just, I'm there helping pay the rent and we're friends. And, you know, so that's definitely a possibility that I can kind of branch out and um, add some other services.
0: You could. So like instead of just completely starting all over. Maybe just add some more services. Like if you really don't want to do insurance, then expand out a little bit more. She's booking out eight weeks for weight loss or HRT or something. Why don't you start doing that if she's cool with it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I could definitely do that. You know, I thought about this too, because my my practice is called integrative mental health and wellness. And I thought, well, I could just pull the mental out of there and it would just in D- do a DBA for integrative health and wellness. And that's kind of the same thing, don't you think?
0: Oh. Absolutely. Yeah. And then in the subheading, you say something like, you know, integrative medicine and psychiatric care or something. Mm -hmm. For sure. Why couldn't you do that? And then people would still call you for the neurofeedback and stuff because they might find you on Google still and then they'll start calling you for the functional medicine based stuff or weight loss or whatever it is that you want to do.
1: Yeah, I I definitely think I would be, I would be open to that because so many things can be fixed from a functional standpoint. And that's kind of always where my heart's been is like getting people better through, you know, lifestyle versus all the medications. That's why I new psych was it for me once I got in clinicals because of just med after med after med. I was like, Ooh, this isn't for me.
0: Yeah. You know, that's, that's the problem with psych. A lot of psych, it's just pill for this and a pill for that. Right.
1: And then a pill for the side effect from this and that.
0: Right, right, right. It's not a, you know, I'm not down talking psych or anything at all, but that tends to be the case a lot of times, you know, same thing with treating diabetes or something, you know, there's really no difference. Just a pill for this and a pill for that instead of, you know, understanding the root cause, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: there is uh there is something to be said about that. It is something that people are looking for. So maybe you just need to expand out a little bit more. You know, that's pivoting your business. So instead of scrapping it, and starting over, you're just pivoting a little bit. You're just changing some things up. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong
1: with that. Yeah, and if I do like add men's HRT. Um, I probably, I don't think she would want a dispensary in there. Is that still somewhat profitable if I have the medication mailed to the patient's home, like discussed in the course?
0: That's super profitable. Okay. Yeah, no, 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 no. You don't have to dispense medication to be profitable, okay? In fact, just going through a compounding pharmacy is, uh, it's not as profitable. We're talking about a 10% difference here. It's not that much. Okay. Okay.
1: All yeah. right. Cause I had thought about that that she probably she probably doesn't she doesn't want like the headache of anybody interfering. That's why she doesn't do insurance. And I'm sure I know if you get a dispensary, then you can be looked at, right? Especially if it has testosterone there.
0: Well, if you're dispensing any kind of controlled substance, yeah, there's a lot of regulatory stuff that goes behind that. It's just it's a pain in the ass. Don't bother. Yeah. That's nothing. Don't worry about that.
1: I guess that's what I was kind of wanting to get at is if you had said like scrap the whole thing. And I was going to be like, okay, well, what about men's health? But it sounds like I don't necessarily have to scrap the whole thing. I can just kind of reinvent it slightly and move right on from there.
0: Correct. Exactly. And then you and then you market based off of, you know, various like little DBAs, for, you know, if you want to market, throw some ads out for men's health, throw some, men, you know, ads out for men's health, throw some ads out for weight loss. And throw some ads out for maybe some of the integrative psych stuff, whatever. Once you get, um, yeah, like, you I know, mean, once you get some patients in the door for some of these things, they tell their friends word of mouth happens, and it's slow. And then it builds up quicker.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. And I, I can do, I'm licensed in two states. So I could also do, you know, telehealth, as long as um, they keep letting us do that for controls.
0: Yeah, for sure. You can continue to do that. Take advantage of it while you can, right?
1: I mean, I think that's about it. I mean, I kind of think I knew that, answer, but I've been a little bit all over the place with it and needed to hear it, you know, from somebody yeah. else, like basically take insurance or figure something else out. <laughs> so. yeah, I
0: mean, that's pretty much your two options, right? There's not really yeah. a whole lot, you know, you can do here. Like you either take insurance, you'll probably get busy. You'll probably have a very profitable practice. Like I know some psych MPs that kill it, mm-hmm. do very well for themselves. You know, low, you know, mid low to mid six figures, you know, $300,000 a year, but yeah. it's dealing with the headache of the insurance, right? Is that worth it to you? You know,
1: and it doesn't seem like it would be. Right. I just probably want to try something, probably want to try like maybe expanding services before um, I come down to taking insurance. That's probably going to be kind of my last um, option.
0: Your last, the last option.
1: thing I would do. Yeah.
0: Well, remember though, it takes six months to get credentials. So yeah, that's yeah, one of those things like, you know, maybe should you go ahead and start the credentialing process under a different entity or something and just have that there in case you do need to pivot to that in six months?
1: Yeah, I, I wasn't sure how that worked. I know how to get on and do, um, I don't know what it stands for, but there's CAQH, which is like what the insurances can look at. Like I know I'm on there and have, you know, the ability to take insurance through other entities, but do I have to start all over? You have to start all, I have all over. have my own practice.
0: Correct. You'd have to completely oh, just wow. like credential the entity. It's gonna take six months. Okay. Okay. So yeah. it's not something that you can just pivot and do real quick. It doesn't work that way. So if you want as a redundancy, as like a financial kind of uh emergency kind of a thing, like maybe just like a planning Plan B sort of a thing, create a separate entity, maybe. Um, or just get the entity that you're under, start getting it credentialed. And then that way, six months from now, once you're credentialed, if you have to pivot to that, you can pivot to that. All right. And then you mm-hmm. can operate this cash-based stuff out of another entity. Um, if you, you know, once you become credentialed. Because once you become credentialed, you can't charge insurance patients cash for covered services under the same entity, but you can do it under a different one.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. I remember that yeah. from being part of a startup before we never could get credentialed because we couldn't afford not to take payments while we were waiting.
0: I uh, yeah. So it's just forming another LLC or whatever. It's not a big deal, you know? So, yeah. you, you know, if, if you want to do that, it would be more of like a plan B, a contingency kind of a thing, but you might never have to actually pull a trigger and bill insurance or something. You just have this, you know, this empty shell here that's credentialed, but you might never even have to use it because maybe six months from now, maybe HRT takes off for you you know? Mm-hmm. Who knows? You just don't know. No way to know. Those are pretty much your options. I say that. You want to stay cash? Go ahead and just start integrating a few other things into it and see what happens.
1: Right. Well, I appreciate you hopping on here, especially today on a holiday.
0: <laughs> you are welcome. It's no problem whatsoever. Uh, I hope that this was kind of a quick episode, but I hope that, uh, you know, you got a plan in place in it. So, uh, just curious, uh, what uh, what service do you think you're going to focus on first?
1: Um, probably the HRT and probably the men's first, because I've already taken the class. Um, but the reason for that is I've already done a few checking on men with depression, just because, you know, that could be part of their depression. So I'm a little bit more comfortable with that. Um, and then I'll probably get the women's class, you know, right behind that, because it, it really goes into holistic psych anyway, to check their hormones so that we, it would be a benefit that i knew about that
0: oh, yeah for sure 100 yeah uh quick question before we get off here though is there a lot of competition in your area for some of this hrt stuff
1: no i did check that and uh, we have a 25 again i don't know if you do you know what that is uh, i do not it's like a chain um with they have a membership hormone replacement and like some anti-aging stuff in there and it's um it's not terribly close and it's a like a three thousand dollar a year membership and then there's other services you can get there. And then the only one that's relatively close, um, she has, I guess, just started seeing men because it used to be called like um, her health, but now it's just the lady's name. And I looked online and she said she's serving men now, but there's like no evidence. There's no mail reviews, no male testimonials. And then she's only open nine to four, like four days a week. So it's very limited. Her um, She makes her availability very limited. I think that she does so well that she's not really actively recruiting that much.
0: I got you. Yeah. Well, if there's not really a whole lot of men's health in your area, people doing, you know, testosterone replacement therapy for men, there's definitely an opportunity there. No question.
1: Yeah. About there, it. There's nobody that just says like men's health over here. I live on the border of Indiana and Kentucky and there's quite a few places in Louisville, but like it's, it's kind of weird. People over here don't like to go to Kentucky. Like they don't like to cross the bridge. There's like an $8 toll if you go back and forth and, um, it's just kind of a weird, um, It's a weird thing over here that we don't like to cross the bridge. So uh, yeah, lots of stuff in Louisville, but nothing over here.
0: Okay, well, I mean, there you go. There's an opportunity there, you know. If you want to do men's health though, and really focus in on men's health, then you know, you need to do a DBA or form another entity for men's health. Okay, call it men's health, separate website, everything, because men's health doesn't really tie into ADHD and anxiety and neurofeedback. Like that could be something that you could offer as well. But if you're focusing in on that men's health, you're treating men, right? hmm. Right, so you can't, you know, having a bunch of women in your practice doing neurofeedback on them for their anxiety, like I don't know, it just doesn't really complement each
1: other. So, what do I do about location and then s- and stuff? Would I have to get like a separate office or
0: no? Can, no, no, you can do it out the same place. Just make it neutral. Okay, just to kind of make it like a gender neutral kind of vibe. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And it is like the waiting room and all the stuff is, you know, all the um, other practitioner that owns the building, it's all her stuff. And it's very um, neutral as far as there's it's mainly like the pictures on the wall or like food, you know, like right, food, or medicine, generic. you know, kind of like that. It's it's not um, anything geared towards, you know, a specific like geared towards a man or a woman. It's yeah. neutral.
0: That should be fun. And at the end of the day, men really don't care. They just want their, you know, they just they just want to feel better. They just want to, you know be treated. So I don't think it's gonna really matter that much. And as you grow, you that, find your that
1: would location. be another LLC or no? Would, would that you don't be a you don't an LLC. Yeah, you don't necessarily have to do another LLC
0: at first. You can just do it kind of under a DBA, kind of a similar name, but just call it Men's Health Distortion Clinic or something. You okay. can just do that. And then once it starts taking off, maybe if you want to form a separate, uh, you know, a separate LLC for it later down the road. Uh, you know, once you've proven that it actually works. Then you can do
1: that. Okay, and that means two malpractice policies. Is that correct? If I have two LLCs,
0: Uh, you just need to name that other LLC on it. That's all. Same policy. Okay. Just right. make sure, yeah. Just make sure the policy actually you know covers you for the service that you want to provide. Okay. Okay. You know, some policies don't cover testosterone replacement therapy in men or weight loss or something. So you want to make sure that the malpractice policy you have is going to cover you for what, what it is that you want to do.
1: Okay. So I just need to call and talk to somebody and be yeah, sure. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And then just have them uh, put your, so if you do another LLC, just have them name that as an endorsement on your policy and you should be fine. Okay. Yep.
1: I'm going to write that down, name as an endorsement.
0: Exactly. Any other questions?
1: No, no. I I think I just needed to, to get clear on, on some things. Um, I hadn't thought too much about kind of opening it up more. So that's, that's a great advice. I'm excited that, you know, I've got that
0: option. Yep. I think that's probably, you know, be the cheapest way to do it. Easiest way getting credential with insurance is gonna be a pain, a pain. Mm-hmm. Like it's gonna take a while.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sure. Yeah. So cool. Well, you've listened to these episodes before and uh, you know, I like to end the episode with uh with you asking me a question. Is there anything that you're curious about in terms of my life or my experience or my work or anything like that?
1: Yeah. If you, um, I thought about this, if you had either personally or professionally a, a do over somehow, would you take it? Would you do anything differently? Or do you kind of feel like what's happened has led to this point and you're just content with the way it is?
0: Oh man, that's a deep question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, there's all kinds of stuff I wish I could change. You <laughs> I could go back, you know? I mean, I was, uh, I was kind of a, I was, I was a problem child. I was a wild child. I, uh, I made all kinds of mistakes. Um, I did, a, you know, I did a bunch of dumb stuff, but I guess professionally, you know, would I, would I go back and change some things, you know, at this point in my life, I'm pretty content, you know, a younger Justin, maybe six, seven years ago, probably would have been like, yeah, I wish I would go and back and major in finance or something instead, you know, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes I kind of think about that every once in a while. I'm like, you know, it's more of my heart in finance versus medicine. And sometimes it is, sometimes it's not, you know, so at this point in my life, I'm pretty content where I'm at. You know, I've done very well for myself, you know, being a nurse practitioner, having my own practice, having a lead MP, like this stuff is, it's, it's treated me very well. And so, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think I would change anything at this point, but, you know, if I could go back, there's definitely some things I would change. Um, I probably would have done a little bit better in undergrad and, you know, maybe major in something else. But at this point in my life, I think I'm pretty happy where I'm at. What about you?
1: Um... I I don't think I would change anything. I mean, it's it all just kind of is unfolding. So um, I I used to think I should have never quit the job I was at for 10 years. But I know that even though I like the people, was kind of soul sucking. So I try not to have that thought. Um, So now I I don't think I would change it. Just kind of let it let it unfold, I guess.
0: Exactly. It is what it is, right? Mm -hmm. One day at a time. Well, cool. That was an interesting question. Thank you. All right. Well, cool. This was a great episode. Uh, I wish you the best of luck. And if you ever want to do a fall, just let me know.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much. Have a great
0: rest of your day.
1: You too.
0: Take care. Bye. Bye. I hope everyone enjoyed the episode with Autumn. You know, I hate to hear uh, a nurse practitioner struggling in their business, but it's just the reality of starting a business. Sometimes businesses don't do very well. Sometimes a successful business will become unsuccessful. It's just part of it. Like you need to just accept that fact, right? businesses can fail, businesses can succeed, a successful business can fail, and a business that's not doing very well can end up succeeding, okay? You just don't know. You don't know until you get in it and you start doing it, right? So her clinic, I think that's best to, instead of just scrapping it all, to just pit it, add some more services to it. She's dual certified, there's no reason why she can't. You know, do something that's complimentary or maybe just do something that's just as a DBA, you know, underneath the same LLC, maybe just do a little bit of men's health or something. But she has the backup of getting credentialed with insurance. And if she did that, then chances are she probably would be very successful. But she'd have to deal with the insurance headaches. and She doesn't want to do that. And I respect that. She wants to do cash only. I don't blame her. I don't think I would ever go back to insurance ever again. So lots of decisions for Autumn. And I wish you the best of luck. All right. Hope you guys enjoy this episode. Talk to you guys later. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. Quick legal disclaimer. The content of this podcast has meant for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be used as legal, financial, medical, regulatory, or practice-specific advice. For information pertaining to your specific legal, financial, medical, or practice-specific needs, please be sure to consult with your lawyer, CPA, medical director, and or your state's practice laws and the most up-to-date clinical guidelines. As always, do your due diligence when it comes to any information found online and in podcasts. The content of this podcast is copyrighted by Galaxy Medical Southwest 2023 and cannot be duplicated, rebroadcasted, or reproduced with without our written permission.